Welcome to Practically Christian. I'm Luke, and I'm here with my wife, Janelle. Hi. And my friend, Jake. Hey, guys. We share conversations that help you know Jesus more deeply and follow him more faithfully. The truth is, no one has arrived at Christ like this. To grow in that direction, we believe you need authentic relationships and biblical theology applied to your everyday life. We hope that you're encouraged to grow and to live out the biblical truths that we discuss on this episode. Let's get practical and dive into a conversation about Jesus and how human was he really. So Jake, Janelle, I have a question for you guys to jump into our conversation today. And uh, let me set, set up the hypothetical situation, okay? So here's the situation. You get to choose for one superhero to be real. But it's not your, your favorite superhero. It's the superhero that if everyone on Earth aspired to be like that superhero, that would cause, like, the most good of all. Like, if everyone wanted to be like them, aspired to be like them, looked up to them, and tried to be like them, that would actually cause the most good in the world. So it's not the superhero's influence. It's everyone wanting to be like the superhero, right? So what superhero would you choose? I mean, I'm not a superhero movie lover, so I really couldn't name all of them. But if I had to choose one just off the top of my head, I would choose Wonder Woman. Okay, Wonder Woman. Why? Um, mostly because I think it's pretty great that there's finally a decent movie for girls where they're not just looking up to boys fighting and doing things that there's like a, I don't know, it's like my feminist streak, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's a good movie. So, like... She fights evil. Okay. She's, I don't know, like, stronger than she knows, mm -hmm. but is willing to, like, risk even though she doesn't realize, you know, what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And she's very confused through most of the movie about normal modern life stuff i don't know no it's good it's good what about you jake what do you think? yeah i think i'm gonna have to go really stereotypical and say uh batman okay um because i think a lot of people would say batman um <laughs> that's why it's stereotypical um but i think it's uh kind of this idea where batman for the most part doesn't use more force than he needs to but he's willing to kind of step in and help others mm -hmm. with like little care for himself he's just kind of selflessly helping people um, to kind of get rid of crime, essentially. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So you want everyone to become a vigilante, basically. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I mean, the other thing is, I think that, uh, I think that um, Batman uh, is one of those like heroes who doesn't have any powers. And mm -hmm. so it's like yeah. someone that the average person wanting to be like him doesn't have to go, if only I had powers, then I would be like this person. Right. But Batman's kind of like a person who takes normal person and just does really well with it. Yeah. Yeah. He's a normal, he's a normal person. Well, okay. So you just set up perfectly my non answer. So I'm going to cheat and not answer my own question. Um, but I do have a not answer and my answer would not be Superman. And it's for the reason you just said, because like Superman's okay. Uh, superhero. Um, actually I really like like man of steel, but like, if you think about it, like you can't be like Superman, like he's an alien, you know, like, um, so I actually looked up this speech from Man of Steel. Like, there's this inspiring speech that um, Cal's dad has for him when he's, like, learning how to fly, right? And it's supposed to be this inspiring thing, and it actually strikes me as funny every time I watch the movie now, and I almost start laughing. 
So here's what he says. He says, you will give the people of earth an ideal to strive towards. They will race behind you. They will stumble. (laughs) They will fall. But in time, they will join you in the sun, Cal. In time, you will help them accomplish wonders. And it makes me laugh because Superman's not an earthling. He's an alien. He's from the planet Krypton. (laughs) And Superman, because of that, he can drink up the radiation of the sun and it makes him stronger so that he can stop bullets, fly, and shoot lasers out of his eyes, okay? So if Janelle and I and Jake were like, oh, yeah, I want to be like Superman. It's like, haha, yeah, sorry. <laughs> like, I don't know, he's not, he's not an earthling. And the very fact that he's not an earthling is what makes him so powerful. So, why are we talking about superheroes? <laughs> Janelle and I shared a class together uh, our first year of college, and it was a theology class. And our professor, Telford Work, gave the illustration of Superman to illustrate an actually an early Christian heresy about Jesus. Now, the heresy is called docetism. It's from a Greek word, dokeo, which means seem or appear. And the heresy is to believe that Jesus looked like a human but he wasn't really one. He appeared as a human, or he seemed to be like a human, but he wasn't really human. And it strikes me when I talk to people, and even like my own faith before that challenging class, I think, even though you ask an average like walking around Christian, like, oh, was Jesus 100% human? They're like, yeah, he was 100% human, 100% God. We all have the Sunday school answer right, but on a practical level, I think we so emphasize Jesus' divinity that we underplay his humanity, and we don't really believe that he was actually really human. So, that's what we're talking about today. Like, how human was Jesus really? Like, I don't know, do you guys think this is a problem? Have you seen this in your own life or in church? Yeah, I think uh, that there's, um, people will say things like, I can't do that, I'm not Jesus. Mm -hmm. Or where people will um, I think lower the expectations for themselves compared to Jesus because Jesus is like on this like upper level, like up there. And it's like, I couldn't be like Jesus if I tried. So why will I try kind mm-hmm. of? Yeah. Almost like defeatist. Like I can yes. never be like him. So there's no point in even trying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here's the text we're looking at today. Hebrews chapter two, verses 14 through 18. Here's what the author of Hebrews writes. Uh, Since the children have flesh and blood, and when they say children, they're talking about us, like since humans have flesh and blood, he too, Jesus, shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason... So what reason? For the reason of basically they save us. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So there's a lot in these verses that we can't get into, but... One thing that we want to draw out is that the logic at work here is that of representation. So Jesus is only able to represent us to God if we can completely identify with him. So if you think about it in a political sense, um, if you wanted to be a representative um, from Colorado, you would have to be 
from Colorado. You couldn't be from Canada and um, be elected to that office because you are not uh, representative of the people of Colorado if you're from Canada. So um, yeah, that's kind of what we're getting at here. And like the the other viewers like makes it like very clear like for this reason he had to be made like them fully human in every way like so the idea is the fall is a human problem and so in order to fix humanity God had to join humanity um, so Gregory of Nazianzus the early church father has this quote um, the unassumed is the unhealed and what he means is like if there's any aspect of what it means to be human that Jesus didn't take on that thing wasn't saved through Jesus. And so the idea is like, how much of humanity did Jesus save? He saved all of humanity. But to do that, he had to become fully human. I will say one thing that people might push back against is that um, Jesus does not have, in his, in his human experience, did not comprehend all human experiences. So for instance, I'm a mom. I have given birth four times. <laughs> Jesus... Never gave birth to a child. Yeah. He never had to deal with morning sickness. Um, that's just kind of a silly example, but you could see that being applied to any number of individual experiences. So how do you say that he can represent everyone when he does not share experience with everyone? Yeah, so I think um, the, the biggest thing is that it's more of like a typology kind of relation where... Um, if we're like going back to like the senator kind of example, it's not that that person who you choose to represent you has to be like you in every way, but that they're a part of you, like a part of your, like, I don't know, group would be a good way to say it. Um, and are able to represent you because they're similar to you, not because they're the same as you. Mm -hmm. I think the, the other big thing that goes in there is like that um, Christ is fully human in a way that, we aren't even fully human because mm -hmm. Christ exemplifies like the, the image of God that God created all people to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, because of that, when we sin or some of these experiences that we go through that are like not good experiences of our own cause, that's us being less human than Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, Jesus is kind of taking the perfectness of the goal of humanity and like, that's why we have him as our representative because he's the only one who can do that. Yeah. Well, and I will say, I think that's one of the most beautiful things about Jesus's suffering is that he suffered like we suffer and we can identify with him. Um, and his suffering was most likely in every way greater than our suffering, whatever that is, even if it is a great suffering that we're going through. Um, and there's no other... God figure like that out there that has suffered um, in such a big way. Um, most fake gods all <laughs> have some kind of like they weren't really suffering or they pretended or they are just too strong to suffer or something like that. Um, so I think it is a beautiful thing that God took that on for us. So I do this activity in our my New Testament class where I'm, when I'm teaching this and I challenge the students kind of to think deeply and I'm not going to give all the things. We're just going to talk about three of them. All right. So the, the game is, did Jesus ever dot, dot, dot. All right. And I just want to hear you guys thoughts on this. So do you think Jesus ever got sick? Hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, Jesus, um, I think Jesus, uh, definitely got sick cause that's kind of, you know, what, happens to humans it's like a consequence 
that all humans have to deal with mm-hmm. because of the fall. It's like a world consequence because of sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think Jesus had a physical body, like he wasn't pretending to have a physical body. And so he would have dealt with physical body problems mm-hmm. that um, are caused by sin. Janelle, you're unsure. I'm unsure. I'm unsure because of the the angels will bear you up and not let your foot strike a stone or whatever that verse huh, was. Okay. Um, anyway, like I feel like Jesus had special physical protection. Like there, he was mm-hmm. never at risk of dying from a disease, even though other children in his day could have been at risk of dying from a disease. Mm-hmm. Like he had special protection over him, mm-hmm. but he did have, like you said, a real physical body. He mm-hmm. wasn't pretending he could get hurt. Um, obviously, yeah. He wasn't pretending to suffer through the crucifixion. Like, it literally hurt him. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how much... I don't know how much that verse applies, or if I'm yeah. this way off. Yeah. I mean, it. I think you might think of this as, like, splitting hair or some, but, like, Jesus stressing out in the Garden of Gethsemane. Like, he says he's, like, grieved to the point of death. You know, like, that most people reading that today would be like he's basically going through depression and that's i don't know like this is sickness and like an emotional sickness um yeah and he went through hunger and tiredness and all all that stuff but i just don't know about illness like yeah i guess i'm saying like are you differentiating between emotional illness and physical illness and Mm -hmm. is there a clear line between those like if you clearly experienced emotional illness you might say yeah, I wouldn't say it's an illness. I would say yeah. that's an experience. Okay. So I don't know. Yeah. I would. I. I still remain on the unsure side on that's the illness. Right. But maybe he did have the flu when he was okay. a kid. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, I think that the other question comes like, if we go on like the, how did Jesus ever? It's when Jesus was a kid, did he ever scrape his knee? And then yeah, I think the. I mean, I would answer yes. Right. He's he can get physically hurt. And I think that kind of falls in the same category as like sickness is just a inside physical hurtness. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> so uh, actually Jesus probably was not a carpenter, by the way. It says the word is tecton. It means builder. And there's not a lot of wood actually in that area of Galilee. So he's probably actually a stonemason or something like that. Regardless. Okay. Uh, Joseph taught Jesus his trade of being a builder. Uh, and so like imaginary situation, Jesus is being trained by his dad did Jesus ever measure something wrong <laughs> as he was being trained did ever make a mistake in that sense not a moral mistake not a moral failure but an honest mistake yeah I think probably why I just feel like I think he's sinless and it's not sinful to mismeasure to have a learning curve yeah to have a learning curve and like I don't think Adam and Eve before the fall would have even had that, right. you know, like they still had to learn prohibition of they, yeah, they couldn't ever make a mistake or, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I think, I think he probably mismeasured at some point or just had that learning curve that, that, I mean, I would bring it yeah. back to like, did he ever speak unclearly as a child, as a child and he was speak. learning how to speak. Yeah. Did like, he ever trip when he was learning how to walk? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All that's like, yeah, sure. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's part of the uh, the human experience, right? That's right. part of what makes him human is that he went through the learning process. Mm-hmm. And even though I think we see like when he's twelve, like in Luke, we the book of Luke, we see him, uh, we see him like being really advanced, mm-hmm. but we still see him. He's like he's asking lo- questions. He's still asking questions and gaining, like gaining uh, and learning, you mm-hmm. know, and maturing. I think would be a yeah. good word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so. Last one. Did Jesus ever feel sexually attracted to a woman? I would say yes. He was a prepubescent and then a pubescent boy. (laughs) So I'm guessing he felt attractions of various kinds. I feel like that is like a kind of weird thing to think about Jesus because we are so desensitized to his sexuality, I think, Mm -hmm. in the way that we talk about him. Um, but he was a full human and a sexual human, I want to say. But he never sinned in that area, so I don't think he did anything wrong in his attraction. Right. Yeah, yeah I think that kind of goes with this, I don't know, this idea that we, Janelle was just talking about how we kind of de, like, we, we turn Jesus into, like, this fake plastic person. Mm-hmm. We're like... Um, did, was Jesus white? No. Did Jesus have long hair? Probably not. Did Jesus have a very, like a beard? Most certainly like we we can be pretty certain that he would have looked like how he would have looked and acted. Um, and so would he have had a sexual attraction to someone? Like, I think definitely, I think that line kind of goes where, um, Janelle was talking about like, did he sin or did he go forward in that? It's like, no, but that doesn't mean that he didn't feel attraction. Right. Yeah, and this is, it's interesting because I, I feel pretty straightforward, like, yeah, for sure he did, but this is the one that my students give the most pushback on when I ask it, and they're like, no, because, and, and it's almost like we've, uh, I don't know, it seems like a lot of people like feel so much shame about the area of sexuality that they're like, oh no, like, to be sexual is shameful and Jesus wasn't shameful, or something like they they mm-hmm. make this weird parallel in their minds, or or they get at it as like, well, Jesus was single, and he knew he couldn't get married, therefore he, like, chose not to be attracted to women or something. Like, that's almost how they explain it. But Yeah, the way I see it is that attraction is kind of the outside of your control. Like, it's not a choice to be attracted to someone. Mm-hmm. And even being married, I could still be attracted to someone. But that's not wrong, just that I have that sense of, like, ooh, he's hot. Yeah. But it's what I do with that and whether I dwell on that, whether I bring that up, whether I act on that. Um, that's where the sin comes in. So I feel like yeah. anything that's not sinful yeah, is yeah, fair game yeah. for Jesus. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So my guess is um, for many of you listening, this may have made you feel a little uncomfortable. Like maybe you hadn't thought of Jesus this way before. And to the extent that this makes you feel uncomfortable, you might be on a practical level a docetist without realizing it. Like, we're on a practical level, like, yeah, Jesus looked like a human, but he wasn't really one. Um, but he really was fully human. So why are we talking about this? Um, the next few episodes, we're going to be jumping into the first century context of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And, and I'll give you the big idea that's coming later now. And that is the call of discipleship that Jesus offers is to learn from him in order to become like him. But the truth is, like, as soon as you say, like, become like Jesus, 
I think most of us, we start like coming up with excuses. Like Jake said at the start, like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, but I'm only human or yeah, but that was Jesus or I'm not Jesus though. And nobody's perfect. And, um, I think if this is true, like if Jesus was fully human and that even part of what he came to do was to reveal what true humanity is supposed to look like. And then we're called to follow him and become like him is not like we can only do it with God's help, but it's something we're actually supposed to push towards, not make excuses about. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I think it's, um, it can kind of run into like the opposite side too of, I think the, the mistake of kind of like, what would Jesus do? And like, we can take that as like a broad, like, you know, what would Jesus do in this situation? It's like, no, Jesus had a specific purpose Mm. and our purpose is different than Jesus's purpose in some ways. Like Jesus' purpose was to come. Uh, he wanted like to die on the cross to, um, like basically be able to provide the grace and salvation for us. And so we have to think not what would Jesus do in this circumstance, but what, taking like the moral teachings and actions of Jesus. What should I do in this circumstance? Mm -hmm. So I want to share a quote I really liked about this. This is from a guy named Lee camp. And he wrote this. He said, Jesus, both fully human and fully God revealed to us what the creator intends humankind to be and to do. And then he asked this challenging question. Can those who claim Jesus to be divine grant so little authority to this one who showed us what it means to live a human life in accordance with the will of God. In other words, what he's getting at is, like, if you're emphasizing Jesus' divinity and say he really is God, and then you turn around like, oh, but I can't be like him. <laughs> There's an irony there of, like, say, yeah, Jesus is God, but the things he taught us to do are, like, actually, like, you can't actually do that. It's like, if he really is God, he actually has the authority to say what you can and can't do. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, if this is a topic you guys want to uh, explore more, we have some suggested resources, and we'll include them in the show notes as well. Um, but just a starting, basic starting point, I really highly recommend um, all of the Bible Project stuff, but they have a video called The Son of Man. It's one of their theme videos, and I think this is a really helpful exploration of how Jesus is for humanity, but we are all supposed to be and fail to be, and then how through God's grace, because he became what we are, we can become who he is. Um, uh, that book I just referenced uh, by Lee Camp, Mere Discipleship, is a great book. And then finally, uh, we started the off- episode starting off with talking about docetism, this Christian Christological heresy. And uh, our professor of Christian theology, Telford Work, actually has published his uh, theology lecture. So you can actually take a whole introductory theology course online for free if you want. It's all posted on YouTube. So we'll include the link for that there too. But we wanted to tie this together with um, some practical applications for you. So, first of all, um, we want to encourage you, if you're not currently reading the Bible and engaging, um, we want to encourage you to begin reading one of the Gospels. Uh, I suggest you start with Luke if you don't have a preference, or if you're already starting one, just jump in there. But read a Gospel, and maybe instead of just reading to work through it, uh, look for... Jesus' humanity, and look at how he's showing us what it means to be um, human, because through Jesus, it's amazing. You're seeing both what God is like, and you're seeing what we're all called to be like as humans as well. Um, So that's our first encouragement. And then secondly, we really want to encourage you to um, 
talk about this with someone. And so we want to model that, that conversation about applying this for you as well. And so uh, I have a kind of an application question for all of us to consider, guys. And that is this. Um, when it comes to the challenge of following Jesus and seeking to become like him, where are you currently making excuses? So for me, I think my excuses tend to revolve around my acting out of my emotional state. (laughs) So I have four little kids and sometimes they are asking me for things one after the other after the other while I'm trying to get some other project done to keep our house from being chaos. And um, I get impatient with them. And they're not doing anything wrong, but in my personal emotional state, I'm like, get away from me, I'm doing something important right now. (laughs) And so I I have my own impatience um, that is dictating some of my reactions um, instead of kind of having that attitude of like, I could be as patient as Jesus. Mm. I could literally have all of that patience because he has offered it to me in the Holy Spirit. Mm. So um, yeah, I think I can excuse myself based on my limitations instead of embracing that well of potential um, Mm -hmm. to be like Jesus. Yeah, I think um, my my biggest one is probably in the area of self-control just in general, but like whether that be about, um, you know, any amount of things, whether it be about um, not, you know, being rude to someone else or like caring about someone else um, when that be less, uh, I don't know, uh, less ideal for me in the moment or like not taking time to like see how someone else is doing. Um, or if it be about food, because I'm really, really bad about eating every single Reese's peanut butter cup in my possession at any given time. Um, so like, I think, uh, in those moments, like my, my, my thought is like, I can like go to this thought of like, do I want to like, how would Jesus do this? Or like, what would be the, the answer here? And I, and my, my answer can be like, well, like Jesus wouldn't have done like been in this scenario, but that's okay. Like he forgives me and I'll do better next time. <laughs> like, um, and kind of like this, like procrastination mm. of self-control, yeah. um, or procrastination of being like Jesus. Like mm. I can be like Jesus tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> or next time. And so I don't know. I'd say that's my big one. Yeah. I, I think for me, uh, pride is the one that comes to mind most often. Like I just, Something in my heart has this unhealthy comparison thing going on and, I don't know, just like areas of leadership or ministry, I feel like I'm comparing myself and thinking I'm better than (laughs) other people. And one of the realities is like everything's by God's grace and his giftedness and he gives different people different gifts. And so, like honestly, that's one I've I've revisited in certain ways because one of the things that's interesting about Jesus is he is so confident. You know, like, he, I don't know, like, he knows he's an amazing teacher, and he offers amazing teacher teaching to the crowds or whatever, but he's never prideful about it, and I don't understand, sometimes on a practical level, like, what that looks like or means to be, to be confident but not prideful, you know? Um, but he did it, so I should stop being prideful. <laughs> Work on that area. So, what about you? Um, Again, we hope you would discuss this with someone uh, or a group of people. And you're welcome to share this podcast with them as a way of getting the conversation started or just jump in and talk about this question. And 
our encouragement is to like let's let's stop making excuses because the crazy fact of the incarnation means that Jesus left heaven became human that he became what we are so we could become by God's grace who he is and so again this is not about earning um, but it's about growing into the fullness of who God wants us to be so our prayer for you is that you do that so let me say a prayer for us in closing and we'll catch you next time so God I pray that you would give us your grace that you would give us uh humility and that you give us honesty about the ways that we are making excuses and that you would help us just to stop doing that and to seek to follow you and to rely and look to your spirit strength to help us grow we ask this in your name jesus amen amen